Good morning, Emmanuel. Uh, it's a delight to be with you and to get to worship with you. Uh, this is really a day of celebration uh, for us, and I'm going to tell you why uh, here in just a moment. But it's a day of celebration because God the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is starting another local church. Uh, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he said he would empower his people uh, to be his witnesses, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in the outlying area of Samaria, and then in the uttermost parts of the earth. Moorhead, Kentucky, where Round Community Church is being started, is a long way from Jerusalem. 6,197 miles as the crow flies, to be exact. But in 2023, our God is planting one more church there. Uh, through Pastor Joshua Saylor, who almost didn't make it to be with us this morning because they hit a deer on their way out of town. And so I can only tell you how I relieved I was to see him come in about halfway through the singing. That's not because he was late for church uh, in the ordinary sense of the term, uh, but because they had extreme uh, difficulties getting here. We're so glad you're here. Uh, Pastor Joshua Saylor and his wife Lydia and the core team are being used by God to plant a round community church uh, in Moorhead. And in the midst of a world, and we, we really need to learn how to do this, beloved. In the midst of a world of sin and death and disease and deceit and destruction, the greatest thing that can ever happen is another church to be planted. That is the greatest counteractivity to the kingdom of darkness. We tend to think it's when they broker a peace between these two countries or that kind of thing, good as that is, short-lived as those pieces often are. The real response that God is bringing into the world is the sending of his son and the gathering of people for his son and then the displaying of his redemption through the church. And so to know that another church is being planted in the world, uh, in the uttermost parts of the earth, is just a marvelous grace. So today's a day of great uh, celebration. And it's also a day of great celebration because God has given grace to Emmanuel Baptist Church to plant churches. Now listen to me carefully, and it was interesting, last night I thought, as I speak about this, I wanna make sure that we're clear that God gets all the glory for anything good happening in Emmanuel. And then in the pre-meeting this morning with the pastors, even though Pastor Jeff and I had not talked, he was pleading that God would get all the glory as we think about what God is doing. So as I tell you that today is a day of celebration because of what God's doing in your midst, let me explain what I mean. Whenever a church or an individual is enabled to do anything good, it's an act of grace. It's an act of grace. It's an act of unmerited, undeserved favor from God, not just when you get saved after doing all kinds of bad things, but when you do anything good ever, it's God being gracious to you. And uh, we see this in the book of 2 Corinthians, 
When the Macedonian Christians in the New Testament gave sacrificially to relieve other Christians without food, Paul calls their giving a grace that was given to them. He says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. So the Macedonian churches are poor churches. They move to give a bunch of their money to even poorer people. And Paul doesn't say, you're radical. You're awesome. You're committed. He says, boy, that is better than we could have normally expected out of you. That was a grace. That was a grace that God moved you to do that. And in the same way, I believe it is a grace that God moves you, Emmanuel, to support church planting and missions so sacrificially and consistently. And uh, I want to uh, just praise God for the way in which you receive and encourage young preachers like Pastor Joshua, the way you send precious members to go with him, the way you gather in prayer rooms to ask God to help them in their weakness, the way you send short-term teams to uh, support them, all of that is grace. It's the grace of God at work in your life, and it's a delight for me to see it, but even more, it's a fragrant offering to God. He loves to see his grace active among his people. Now, in a moment, I'm gonna ask uh, Pastor Joshua and Lydia, his wife, and we have the privilege of having the entire core team. There's actually two churches gathered here this morning. Uh, what will be Round Community Church and Emmanuel Baptist Church. We're gonna invite all of Round Community Church to come and pray with us along with our elders in just a moment. But before that, I wanna think with you, and uh, this is the first of two mini-sermons this morning, unless uh, something else goes long, in which case it's the last of one mini-sermon. But anyway, um, here, here's the first one. I, I wanna think with you about the ways in which the New Testament churches partnered together. You know, a lot of times when we read our Bible, uh, we read our Bibles to see what we should believe, to see doctrine, to see, to see God's truth. And that's a great way to read the Bible. That's the primary way we should read the Bible is to look at the Bible and see, what does it tell me about God? And other times we read the Bible and we, we see, what does it tell me about how I'm supposed to live, or as Francis Schaeffer used to say, how shall, the, how shall we then live? And that's a great way to read the Bible. We should look to the Bible to see how we ought to live. But I have found that over years that we rarely read the Bible noticing exactly how the churches interacted with each other and partnered with each other. That's sort of the wallpaper we don't notice. That's the background we don't pay attention to. But the New Testament actually spends a lot of time thinking not just about what the gospel message was, not just about how individuals ought to respond to that gospel message, but the New Testament spends a lot of time thinking about how local congregations were planted, how they partnered together, how they worked together to advance the Great Commission. And I'll just say to you this, you may not be from a Baptist background, uh, but you're in a Baptist church now, so let me tell you this. Baptists have tended to be extremely isolationist 
at different times in how they think about the church. Our local church is the ultimate authority under heaven, that's fine. But we've tended to miss sometimes how churches ought to be engaged with other churches in the advance of the Great Commission. Well, I wrote pages and pages of this on this this week and then threw a bunch of them away and decided to just limit my remarks to uh, Third John. Third John, just to give you a glimpse at the partnership of the churches. We could easily go to, if you're interested, you could look at Acts 13 through 15. That's called Paul's first missionary journey. It, it starts with being sent, it ends with going back to a home church with a missionary report. You could read 1 Corinthians 16, and there you find Paul quarterbacking all these preachers and sending them where he wants them to go so all the churches get strengthened. You could read, read the whole book of Philippians is a thank you letter for a church that supported Paul's mission. The whole book. And you notice the word partnership as you read that book, and you'll notice that, that Paul is thanking a church for partnering with him. But we'll just look briefly at the book of 3 John. 3 John, that's that little tiny book right before the book of Jude and right before the last book of the Bible, the Revelation of John. And so I want to read, read it to you. And I'll just read a little bit and then make a few comments and we'll proceed along through the book of 3 John. In verse two, John the Apostle, this is the same John that gave us the Gospel of John, First and Second John, and the book of Revelation. In this quick note, John says in verse two, beloved, speaking to a church, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. I actually love this verse because it reminds us that really spiritual guys like John aren't just interested in how your soul is doing. Notice that? I pray it's going well with you, generally. Hoping life's going well with you. And that you're in good health. You're not a health and wealth preacher, but you can still care about people's health and not be a health and wealth preacher. I pray that it go well with you, that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And then what he does next is he tells them that he heard a report from some missionaries that they were doing great. Some missionaries had gone to the church that John is writing to, and then at some point they must have gone back to John and given a testimony, and John has heard that this church he's writing to is doing great. And so he says in verse three, for I rejoiced greatly when the brothers, and I'll explain why I think these brothers were missionaries in a minute. He says, I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. You just see a real pastor's heart. What's the greatest thing that can ever happen in a pastor's life? that the people that he's responsible for, that he would consider himself a spiritual father for, are walking in the truth. He has no greater joy than that. And we get a shadow of that in a, the parent-child relationship. Okay, so he rejoiced that they were walking in the truth, because there's really nothing better a congregation can ever do than just simply to know the truth, walk in it. That's success, that's as good as it gets. And then listen to what he does. He commends them for caring for the missionaries 
who came and gave John the good report. Now look at this. He says, beloved, it's a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. Hold on to that line. That's gonna have some really great implications for us as we think about Emmanuel getting bigger. Brothers, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love for the church. So basically he tells them that they were faithful to support these missionaries. That was faithful, it wasn't extraneous, it wasn't something that they just happened to do, that was the right thing to do, that was the faithful thing to do. The faithful thing to do for a church, for a church to do is when they encounter God-called missionaries who've been sent out by a God-called man like John, it's faithful for them to care for those brothers. Okay, now listen to what he says. He says in uh, the next verse, you look at what verse that is, in verse six, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. These missionaries were now gonna go out for one more, um, one more time, one more trip, one more church planting endeavor, we don't know the details. And John says, you would be well to send them on their journey, roll out the red carpet, treat them like you'd treat God himself, treat them in a manner worthy of God. Why? Now here's why I think these brothers aren't just brothers, but they're brothers called to the task of missions. For they have gone out, that is, they've gone out from their church for the sake of the name, for the sake of advancing God's name, teaching God's name, proclaiming God's name. They've gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. They didn't ask their pagan under Uncle Rob if he'd give them $5,000 for their missions trip. They, went, they only received money from the churches. I, I, I go, it drives me crazy. You see this in Louisville when you see church groups standing on the corner with pails of money for their missions trip. And I'm always like, most of the people in these cars are not believers. This is not the way this is supposed to be done. The church is supposed to raise funds for its own mission from its own people. I remember when I was an unbeliever, I had a Baha'i friend and I felt spiritual one day, so I asked her, what, what could I do to help her religious organization? She says, well, we don't really, we're not really looking for you to help us. We try to help our own self. Years later, I thought, well, that's how Christians ought to be. Christians ought to be looking to other Christians for the support of the mission of the church. Okay. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. When we support those who go out from the church, we are fellow workers in the church. Emmanuel has a, 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 an abnormally large number of people who've gone out these days, but who've also had to come back for a season. And I wanna say to them, you are still fellow workers in the church. You are still engaged in the missions. Whether you're overseas or not, if we're part of a, a group that's giving and supporting, we are fellow workers for the church, not just for the truth, not just when we're there overseas, but when we're involved in the work of supporting those who remain in another culture for the sake of the gospel. No one's been sidelined. Okay, so real quick, we see a lot of things here. I'm gonna run through them real quick. 
First, the New Testament churches reported back and forth to each other. We see that. They, they were talking to each other about how other churches were doing. And we've seen that as we've heard reports in our prayer rooms about how things are going in Maui after the wildfires or in Indonesia or with the church planters we've sent out all over North America and the world. We're trying to model that interaction between the churches. Second, we see that it's faithful to support those who are sent out to spread the gospel. In Emmanuel, God has given us amazing opportunities as a church to support those who have gone out for the sake of the gospel. The, the, really, the opportunities have been so amazing, we've had to sort of craft a ministry called the Emmanuel Network to care for all those opportunities. And Pastor Andy Morris leads us very faithfully and proactively and zealously to make sure we're caring for all of those who've been sent out. And if you go on the Emmanuel Network website, which Pastor Chris Castro has made look far cooler than we really are, uh, if you go to that website, you will find that your giving, general offering giving, your prayers, your careful sending are right now today, even if you felt like I didn't do anything important all week, if you're giving regularly, you're supporting this. Currently, our giving is supporting ch churches in Shelbyville, E-Town, Round County, Charleston, Kailua, Waihu, Fordham, New Orleans, actually, if you remember the report last year, now two churches in New Orleans, as well as churches in Indonesia, Malaysia, the United Arab Emirates, South Africa, India, Spain, Ireland, and Mexico. Now, when I list, read that list, I'll tell you, on one level, I'm just super encouraged and impressed, and on the other hand, I just feel like I'm totally involved in a spectator sport. God is clearly the one doing this. He is working beyond any individual's capacity to build his church across the world. And then if you were to slice up all of the church world and all of evangelicalism, we represent less than a percentage of a millimeter of a sliver of, of what's going on in the world in the advance of the gospel. Third, our, here's the third thing I want us to notice. Our giving and caring. Now listen to me carefully. Please. Our giving and caring is faithful even when the missionaries are strangers. When I hear people talk a lot of times, what they indicate is that someone, they really feel like they've done something godly if they know the person personally who's going out. Now there's, it is wonderful to know people personally who are being sent out from the church, that's wonderful. It's a great thing, I love that. I love to count uh, the Devers and others as close personal friends. But if a movement becomes of any size, you are not gonna be besties with every single person being sent out. And John doesn't say, it's a faithful thing that you do when you send your best friends onto the mission field. He says it's a faithful thing you do when you send these brothers, strangers as they are, overseas. If the person has been vetted by a church and they're a godly leader in the church and they're being sent to a godly work with godly accountability, 
You knowing them personally is not the primary thing of importance. Because at the end of the day, the kingdom of God is not about who I know personally. It's about God's work being done in God's way. And so it's a delight, even when, we, it's a delight when we send our best friends, it's a delight when we send, we don't know, send, we don't, send those we don't know well, but who have a reputation for true godliness and true preaching of the gospel. We don't wanna be more spiritual in our sending than third John is in his commendation. Then we see this, when we give and send and some go, we are all working. Oh, I missed a point, gotta go back. It's a pretty important one. Notice that the way the church is to send is to send people out in a manner worthy of God. Emmanuel, when you give to missions at Christmas, when you give to our regular offering, when you go on a short-term trip, when you are raising funds that help us to partner with other churches to send them in a manner worthy of God, that's what's happening. We're, we're, taking people in a, in, we're taking care of people in a way they ought to be taken care of. Now, we don't bear the sole burden for any one single missionary that's gone up from Emmanuel. We do that with other churches through either the fundraising of the missionary or the organizations we're a part of, but we wanna make sure we're playing our part in making sure that those who are sent are cared for. And then finally, I want you to notice this. When we give and send, we are regarded by God. And if God regards you a particular way, that's, how you, that's who you are. Doesn't matter what other people say. If God regards you a particular way, this is who you are. We are regarded by God when we send out others as fellow workers for the truth. No guilt should be hovering over any Christian that unless they go overseas, they are in a situation where they're not concerned about the Great Commission. All those who go and all those who give are workers in the advance of the kingdom. Missionaries without support bases don't last long. And support bases without missionaries are not working for the truth of the gospel all over the world. They have to work together. And, the, and John gives us such a beautiful image of that. This morning, we continue our partnership with Joshua and Lydia Saylor. Joshua and Lydia uh, served here as members, Emmanuel Kids Workers, Gospel Community Group Leaders, and Joshua as an elder. As we commission Joshua to lead the work in Moorhead, we're partnering with him for the advance of God's truth in the world. But Joshua and Lydia are not the only ones going to Moorhead from Emmanuel. In addition, other Emmanuel members who've loved and labored beside us are going too. Long-term members like Zach and Penny Stone have relocated to the church plant in Moorhead. Hannah Husted, who grew up here and has served us in so many ways, is going to school and attending the church that's gonna be there in Round County. Brendan and Jessica Taylor, who are members here for just a couple of years but served the 4th Street Camp and led us in worship, are joining as well. Beloved, we've been partnering with them in membership, now that we're sending them somewhere else and we're continuing to partner with them in the truth. So, here's what I wanna do next. 
I want to say to uh, Emmanuel that I praise God for the grace that's given to you. And I know there's different pulls in church life. With such a transient congregation, we're always trying to build deeper relationships, uh, not only for ourselves, but also for our children. Those are good focuses. And I want those focuses to only increase as the years go by. But a biblical church is not just one that focuses on fellowship or the pastoral needs of her own congregation. It's also one that focuses on the needs of the lost and the unreached across the world. And so really, we should never see these things as pulling at each other. There should rather be a unity that says, yes, we want to grow as fully and as deeply and pastorally and in the one another's as we can as a congregation. And out of the strength of that love, we also want to be sending to the ends of the earth to see others saved. Those things need to walk hand in hand. And then to those who are going to be part of Round Community Church, we look forward to years of partnership. We want to hear that you're walking in the church, in the truth. We want the privilege of hearing how God is working through you, and we want to get our share of rejoicing in that. So, here's what I want to do. I want to invite the following people up onto the stage with me. Pastor Joshua and Lydia, Zachary and Penny Stone, Brendan and Jessica Taylor, Hannah Husted, Deborah Smith, Corey Van Hoos, Emma Stamper, Grayson Estep. Are there any other folks who've come that I'm missing? If you're here, I don't know. If you're here and you consider yourself part of Round Community Church, we would love to have you up here on the stage. Okay. In addition to this, I asked Pastor Josh if there was anyone he wanted to pray for him from the congregation. And I was thinking non-elder and deacon. And I guess he technically got it, but he said immediately, Ben Hedrick. So Ben, if you would come and join us. Ben has served us faithfully as a pastor. And then I want to ask all of our elders to come and join us. Join me up here on the stage behind the members. So please take a look at this church that's getting started. It's a little mustard seed that we hope that God will grow. At Round County, we're delighted to see you here. Yeah.